Welcome to Retirement Unlimited with Randy Barkley and Jeremiah Lee. This is a program where we discuss life's hard financial questions to help you make smart decisions about your money. I'm a certified financial planner and Jeremiah is a California licensed attorney. We work together at Tricord Advisors. Tricord is a registered investment advisory firm where we help our clients build the life that they love. If you have a topic you'd like to hear us discuss on future episodes, just send us an email. Use the contact button on our website, retirementunlimited.com, or just give our office a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. So we've got, we've got two different markets here going on. I mean, I feel like I'm chasing dogs or cats, and I'm not sure which one I'm supposed to be going after, right? What's going on? That's right. We have, we have a, a moment in the market. And chasing is a great word, chasing the market. There are so many people that feel they have to chase this market and they're getting returns um, that are pitiful. And they look at their friends, they look at headlines and someone else is getting 20% of their money. And they say, well, since January, yeah, yeah, since, right? yeah year to date, what, what is going on? So a few numbers to give a little context here. So the the NASDAQ, you know, that's a lot of high growth kind of tech companies from year to date is a couple of days ago, but they are basically up about 20%, 20, 21%. Year to date. So the whole entire NASDAQ is up 20%? For, for this one, yeah. 20% okay. <laughs> NASDAQ is up. The S&P 500, which is a, a blend of some manufacturing, some other companies, they're the biggest 500 companies. They are up as that, that index is about 9%. 9% up. Okay, not about half what the other one is. You go to the Dow Jones, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. These are manufacturing. These are big These businesses. These are 30 stocks, by the way, that, that are leaders in their sector. So that's yep. what makes up the Dow. Yep. And they have made, from year to date, less than 1%. Okay, so what gives, Jeremiah? So th- this what, is what, why I thought the Nasdaq was part of the S and P, and the S and P was part of the Dow, and yet there's this disparity between all three of these indicators. Yeah. And some people use the S and P as a kind of a guide, so to speak, yeah. and other people use the Dow. But the Nasdaq, I mean, it's I, taken off. And and, and so the, the the issue we're running into, and this is what's driving a lot of this, and we'll talk about the emotions of of how people are feeling about this. But but what's happening is we have a breadth. Not your breath, but your breath. You know how how wide. Well, it is. I think the market's got bad breath. I mean, yeah, I, right. Yeah, that's right. Bad bad breath here of basically saying instead of all companies kind of moving together as they would historically, you know, the economy is doing well, the economy is doing poorly. We have some standouts. We have a couple of companies who are doing great, and we have a lot of other companies. Pretty much everyone else is doing pretty poorly. So more than a couple companies, we've got eight outstanding performers, right? Yep. So, you know, Apple, Google, NVIDIA, some of these others. Yep. They are Amazons and they're also, but there's eight companies that are dominating the performance. Yep. And the reason here isn't just that they're doing well. They, they are, and that's part of it. But different than a decade or two decades ago, these, we'll even just say just the top five. So Apple, Microsoft, Alphabet, which is Google, Amazon, and NVIDIA. Just take those five companies they represent 25% of the S&P. So an entire quarter of it. Now that never used to happen because each company was a small piece of it, but they've grown so, so large. Apple is such a large company that they, together, those five represent 25% of the entire S&P. So part of it is whatever happens to these five companies, that's what's gonna look like is happening to the S&P. They become so big, they're dominant. And so with that, you you have benefits of if these five companies are doing great, Hey, the S and P is taken off. It's doing well. If if those five companies are doing poorly, it's going to look like the entire S and P is doing poorly. Now, th- those companies are more heavily weighted in the Nasdaq. It's right. more tech heavy. 
So all the better, NASDAQ is, is looking like it's doing great. But, but the piece here that we kind of want to talk about for listeners, what, what gets away from numbers to actual emotions and people is, what do you do? What do you do in the market when you look at your return and you're I mean, getting- there's a there's a natural fear of missing out. And then the question is, do you change your portfolio? Do you chase what you think is where the where the market's going? Yep. And um, boy, we got red flags all over this one. I mean, you have to be very careful about what decisions yep. you make at this stage. Yep. And, and and part of it is I think the fear of missing out is a really good one. Because this is where it really lands home with a lot of people and hopefully a lot of listeners as well is if you are seeing your portfolio being negative right now, mm-hmm. you've lost money, you know, from recent history, you know, year to date or the last few years. And you hear about a friend or you see on the radio that other people are making these great amounts. You feel behind. Mm-hmm. You feel maybe embarrassed even that uh, you didn't do the right things or you don't have the right people. Um, you uh, feel you're never going to make it. Your retirement, it just all of a sudden became out of reach because look what everyone else is doing. I'm missing out. I'm falling behind. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to survive this. And, and and that's kind of where I want to bring the conversation a little bit is is what do you do in that moment? And some of the the I guess unhealthy items that are people's very natural responses are kind of to, to double down or to throw a hail mary pass to say, oh, I got to get, I got to buy Tesla. Look yeah. how good it's doing. I got to buy it. I got to buy Facebook. Facebook is up almost a hundred percent since January first. So do I jump in right now because yep. Facebook is going to go up another fifty yep. percent? I don't know. And that's part of what people felt. You know, say you felt that a week ago and you say, what do I do? Well, I could buy Facebook, but it, you know, maybe it's at the top. I don't want to do that. And you wait. And then a week goes by. And then now Facebook went up higher and your holdings all went lower. And so then the, the reaction is to say, I'm in the wrong boat. I need to jump. And just statistically, when they look at this, you know, it's called loss chasing, has a name to it. Right. That you're basically, you then jump into Facebook right as it crests. And then you write it down. And you may not write it down to zero. It's still a good stock, but you might write it down from 100 back down to 70 and right. you got a little more losses so now your portfolio instead of and the hard part on that is that in that moment the ones you were holding before perhaps have, have recovered a bit mm-hmm. but now you would jump ship and you've moved down so the hard part is is what do you do and the cycle that people get into is almost like a gambling cycle is that they're they're just looking that's really important to understand a gambling cycle is a psychological chasing your bets yeah and your losses right yeah and trying to recover trying to get right. back to this feeling of zero and and in doing that you know people will um make risky bets they will you know overload their portfolio with some of these big stocks or they'll just jump advisors you know they'll say i just gotta this guy's not doing it for me i need i need somebody else um and so that's the one side that the, they double down on the risk the other side is the i can't i can't take it anymore move me to cash or i gotta get out i gotta get out to bonds and in, in that you're kind of locking in that you just won't recover so these are psychological realities. I mean, I'm sure everyone out there has felt that in the moment they see a loss. Either I need to find something else that's going to get me there faster mm-hmm. so I'm back on track, or I need to get out entirely, mm-hmm. or I just need to, I mean, the, the, the prudent one, and we probably hear from an advisor, is I need to stay. I need to sit in this moment, and I need to stay with these stocks, knowing that they're good, valuable stocks for the future. Um, but that's hard. It, it's right. a hard one. We, we talk about stories. We have a, a client not too long ago that came over that... Um, was leaving the old advisor because they lost a lot and they lost a lot in these tech stocks and had they stayed would they have recovered maybe um had so they what? Yeah, had they like, stayed would they have fallen further maybe you know going back right. to that moment we didn't know what the future was going to be and, and neither did they and and so they made a choice to say okay I, I can't i realize the level of risk i've been enjoying over previous years and had gains is higher than i should be as i'm approaching retirement 
So I'm going to downshift on purpose into a, a new portfolio that you know still owns Apple and Microsoft and Alphabet, but but not as much. Right, as a lower level of that, and it might slow down their growth. You know, they may not experience you know like the Nasdaq twenty percent year to date. However, it's going to allow them to also not experience some of those those falls and those dips. And the part that we talk about is if you were just ignore these five companies, you ignore Amazon, Microsoft, Alphabet, Amazon, Nvidia for this year. You just didn't own them. You would feel like we're probably in that recession everyone's talking about. You would feel like we're kind of just going sideways, muddling through. Nothing's really coming out right. We're kind of a lackluster economy. However, that's not what the headlines say, um, and that's not what you know general portfolio returns say because they have these big, big items. So, I mean, the tale of two cities, the tale of two markets. You know, uh, well, they're chasing dogs or cats. And again, I think the the whole issue is emotionally driven response. And I have found that when you make your decisions based upon how you feel, mm. oftentimes it's the wrong choice. Yeah. You're making a bad choice for the wrong reason. And it's it's really critically important to understand what your required rate of return is for you. Mm. So if your required rate of return is 5%, you should be happy over the long haul to get 5% on your money. Don't compare what you did you know, in the last 18 months or the yeah. last 12 months or the last 10 years, are you on course to build your portfolio steady and conservatively and and you concentrate your um, selections to a very few number, which is what's happening here. Yeah. This, this, by the way, this has been like 45 years since this has happened. Um, this is a very unusual anomaly that's going on in the stock market right now. Where, where the breadth is this far apart. Right. right? Where there's yeah. few companies doing so well and other everyone else is doing so poorly. And the general economy is almost like it's in a pause. If you if you take these stocks out mm -hmm. of the portfolio mix, the general economy is kind of in a pause. Yep. And a lot of what's driving these stocks is artificial intelligence. It's kind of like the new the new the new buzz thing on the market, so to speak, and these companies are a big deal. But it, you look at Nvidia now. Nvidia is coming out with earnings, and I think again, if I look at their their uh, price to earnings ratio, it's over a hundred. Mm. And if you look at that in relationship to the standard, you know, the Dow, it's like seventeen. So does does mm -hmm. does that mean that Nvidia is that much better mm -hmm. than some of these other stocks? And I I question the rationale behind it. Yep. I guess. Well, and then the comment about, about AI, a lot of these companies are not so much that, that AI is 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 the, picking them for people necessarily, but rather they're investing in these technologies to improve right. their futures. And it could be a future where we have, you know, some really high flyers companies that are just so much more value than everybody else. But you know, at the end of the day, someone's got to make things, you know, someone's got to right. make stuff. And it's a, it's a hard moment. And some people will look at this and say, the world is different. You know, and that that's the risk always is to say the world is different. It'll never be like it was. The other risk is to say, no, no, this is what happened before. It'll be exactly like that. Both those are wrong. I mean, I, I think you, you have a sense right. to say we can learn from what happened before. There's there's general principles, but also the world is slightly different than it was before. Mm -hmm. um, but but to say that these you know, five companies or you know the, the top chunk are are so so valuable, and these other companies have no value, is interesting. Now, I think the part that's useful is you know this current market we're in. Uh, people have talked about the recession over and over again for the last two years, probably. And it's the most predicted. We've talked about this on the radio. This is the most predicted recession I've ever seen. Yeah. I've ever heard about. Everyone knows it's coming. Everyone sees it. Yeah. Everyone looks at it. And, and the question we asked months ago is, what does that mean? Does that mean that it's worse? Does that mean that we skip it? Does that like what does it actually do when everyone's right. anticipating it? And one one 
item that might be is that we have a recession in parts of the market. Mm -hmm. We don't have a recession in other parts of the market. And there, there's some people who say, oh, it's a sector by sector. It's kind of rolling through the market. But yeah. I'm not seeing a whole lot of rolling. You know, it, it, there's a lot of areas that are just not doing great and haven't done super great. But it's it's hidden. And so maybe it's a hidden recession. Maybe that's a good way to, way to say it. And, and so when, one idea is to look back and say, well, what if I was only in these five stocks? That would have been the best. And maybe it would have been. But you would have also gotten these last five. These stocks last year were down 45, almost 50%. Yep. So are they- I mean, imagine back? that, right? Someone yeah. who's approaching retirement and says, I want to be a benefit of these five stocks. I think they're so good. They dominate the market and they invest in them. And then they lose 50%. That, that changes your retirement date. That it, changes your future. And emotionally, it's difficult for people to hang on to that kind of loss. I yep. mean, you have to strap into your seat and ride it. And it's a really difficult ride. So mm -hmm. we're going to continue our conversation about what's going on in the market and the breath that's really not there. The, the market right now has bad breath. So stay, stay tuned. We're going to tell you what we think you ought to be, how you should be approaching this marketplace. You know, retirement is supposed to be a secure time. Are you secure? Do you and your loved ones have the information needed to make the right decisions about retirement? You need counsel, not another salesperson, an advisor that looks out for your interest more than theirs. This is Dennis Prager, and I'd like you to call Randy Barkley, a certified financial planner who's been serving the Inland Empire for over 26 years. He's a retirement specialist who works for you on all the important and often confusing things that determine how comfortable you are in retirement. Call Randy Barkley for a free consultation and learn for yourself what I've learned. He can be trusted. Randy Barkley, 888-627-8371, 888-627-8371. Or visit me, Randy Barkley, at retirementunlimited.com. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB. AM 590, the answer. Welcome back. Um, we're going to continue this conversation about the bad breath in the marketplace. And let me tell you, we've had this distortion in market returns since January 1st to right now. Um, and it's something that that is rare, but it's something that a lot of people are kind of looking at and saying, where, where should my money be? Yep. And we're being very cautious right now because the marketplace is so distorted by just a small number of stocks that are performing. If we remove them from the actual performance, the performance is pretty flat since January 1. It's about 1.22% at the most. Yep. And yet, um, most people are kind of avoiding that or kind of skipping over that. But yet, at the end of the day, these are the drivers of our economy, right? Yeah, that's where we're at. And we talked about in the first segment, you know, the, the, the NASDAQ, which is tech stocks, have got nearly 20% year to date. That's a huge return for only being you know, less than six months into the year. Whereas the, the S&P, which is a more broad grouping, is about 10%, you know, nine, nine something. And then the, the Dow Jones, the industrials, they're less than 1%. And so rather than saying the whole market is moving, you have areas of the market that are moving significantly and others that right. are just flat. And, and the part we talked about in the first section is, is the fear of missing out. I think people see this, they look at their own portfolio and they say, wow, I've made say 2%. And if you're made 2% year to date, you're probably diversified and well-invested across the markets. That's, yeah. that's probably what you're receiving, a, a, a lackluster return. But you see the headlines of individual companies going through the roof. But even an index like the NASDAQ making 20%, that's, that's, a, that's a large one. And so the emotions that we talked about initially is, is you know, people feel they want to catch up. So they 
well, they got to double down on this or they got to jump into these higher tech stocks. Um, and often what they do is they're, they're loss chasing. They're missing the moment of growth and they jump in too late and then they experience more loss. And then they leave that one looking for something else. And it kind of like a gambling thing. I just got to double down. I got to get back to yeah. zero. And you're not you're not chasing logic. You're not making logical choices. You're following emotional choices. Yep. And um, in the timeline that I've been in this business and the 40 plus years that I've worked with the economy, worked with clients on helping to establish a portfolio that is sustainable for the long run, these events have occurred. I mean, mm. I've seen them. I've seen them historically. And I'm no different than anybody else. And when it occurs, your emotions get kind of driven. You're, yeah. you know, is, is, am I making the right choices? Are we doing the right thing? And at the end of the day, your choices should be based bedrock in very strong fundamental companies. Yeah. yeah. And we're going to talk a little bit. What do you do with that? Right. What do you do with those emotions? Like do better <laughs> is the, what people feel. You know, I just have to do better. How am I going to do that? And, and part of it isn't that we're, we don't have a, you know, the magic bullet is what you do, but I want to give a perspective shift. A lot of people, when they say I've lost or I need to catch up or I'm behind, what they are really saying is at one point, the total balance of my portfolio was higher. I'm now lower than that high watermark. Mm -hmm. And they're kind of expressing, I want to grow and participate in the growth and I never want to go down. Well, yeah, everybody wants that. Well, know, that yeah, that's, that, a, that's that, a desire. That's, that's a Pollyanna. That's a childlike um, response. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, this is the fact that I want the highest return I can get, but I never want to go down. Yep. And people want to participate in the market. They say, you invest it. Let's let's go. That's great. But then the moment there's any sort of risk or downturn, they get squealy. I'm, I'm losing and falling. So so one perspective I think is a poor, it's not resourceful for folks, is looking at the, the high water mark of your account. What was the highest I ever was? That's my new normal. That's natural. People do that. Right. Sure. that that's a poor perspective. The other one is to look back you know, a year or maybe two years and say, okay, here's where I were, where it was at one point that was in recent history. I want to be above that. That's a little better of a view to say, okay, I have a year. But just to give a perspective for folks who feel behind, uh, 2019, right coming into 2020, we were hitting consistently month over month, these these new highest levels right. we've ever seen. Apple was the highest it's ever been. There's there's all these indexes were hitting these highest levels. Then COVID occurred and, you know, the market's gone crazy back well, where do you think we are today compared to right before COVID? Yeah, it's interesting to compare. And so what, what is your thought? We're significantly that? higher. We, we are way above it. And people aren't even talking about how you know, we're at 2023. So three years ago, 2020, it, it was a long time hard ago. To, it's hard to believe it's been three years, right? It's hard to believe it's been three years. But, but when we were hitting, you know, pushing up the ceiling higher and higher in these newest, highest valuations ever, we're now notably above that. I don't hear people saying, hey, the market's higher than it's ever been. My portfolio is higher than it's ever been. Um, because it doesn't feel like that. It feels like in 21, we hit these great heights or it feels like the economy's on the edge. So, I, and that's, you know, going back three years, that's a little bit resourceful. But I think the most resourceful for folks is to look back over the longer term and not just say, what is the market made? Am I ahead or behind? But really to figure out what we call your required rate of return. We, it's, it's your benchmark. And so if your, your own bench, personal if benchmark, if your benchmark is some arbitrary uh, return, let's say NASDAQ or S&P or whatever. Yeah. If your benchmark is that, you're going to be constantly uh, struggling with with lack of satisfaction because I haven't met it. But if your benchmark is something that it's a required amount of money that you need to make on your on your holdings in order to sustain your economy for the rest of your life, and we don't know how long you're going to live, but oftentimes we mm. put age 90 or 100 mm -hmm. to make sure that we've got enough time frame out there 
to uh, exhaust your life and yep. still have money left over at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, well, and part of what we do and a lot of other advisors do is that we, we do real planning, not just, you know, rule of thumb is how old you're going to be, but saying, looking at you know, what are your health concerns, looking at what long-term care might cost, looking at your other resources. Right. And we'll come back and say, okay, based on your know, other income sources you're going to have in retirement, social security, whatnot. And based on what you have today, we've calculated, which as example, say you need 6%. Your money needs to consistently make 6% in order for you to fund your life. Well, that should become your new benchmark. And so if you look back between now and say 10 years ago, when you first kind of made that plan and started, started moving forward, you might look at it and say, well, I've averaged 7%. I'm actually ahead of my benchmark. Right. And you might look at the current economy and say, even though people are feeling, feeling fearful and my friends are feeling like they've lost and they got to make more and they're taking on this higher risk, you might actually feel that you could take on less risk and say, I don't need to try and make a buck in this you know kind of full market. I can, I can sit back because I'm ahead of where I need to be. And you know, we call that an on-track report to say, okay, based on what I need to make, based on this planning, am I on track for that? And the, the hard part that we were just saying is that people use as their benchmark what everyone else is getting right. or what the market is getting, and, and they want to participate in that. But really, to give some some stability is to say, what do I need for my actual life? And then, man, wouldn't that be great to see the markets go up and down and be like, oh, I don't, I don't care. I got a buffer. For the last eight years, I've been ahead, so mm -hmm. I feel fine. Or to say, this is exactly where I want the markets to be, because for my planning, this this is great. And that's what gives clients the ability to have peace and confidence in their finances, as well as, well as a long-term approach. Right. You know, to say, do I need to catch up? Am I behind? If you look at your finances and realize, no, I'm not behind. I'm right where I need to be. Yeah, and I think, I think that, again, going back to that required rate of return, to build a plan that you can go back and look at it. And again, it's not, not something that happens within three months or six months or even a year. I had one client who said, well, how long is this down, downturn going to last? You know, the recession. I said, I don't know. I said, we've had them as short as just a few months. And we've had some that are as long as 18 months or longer. He goes, oh, yeah, I can't live through 18 months. I said, what's your alternative? Hmm. You know, so what we want to do is conserve capital invest when it's appropriate. Again, the required rate of return. And, and sometimes you have you have needs or desires that are are not reasonable. Yeah, there. You know, you're thinking that, like you're saying earlier, you want to be at the top. You want to get the most that the market will give you, and you never want to experience any losses. And the wisest of people will tell you that is not something that's possible. Yeah, you well, can't do that. It's like driving the freeway. I want to use my gas as much as I can. I never want to use my brakes. Right. Like that's a horrible way to drive. You know. Oh my goodness. Like even a race car driver is constantly using their brakes. You know, right. it's 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 part of being prudent and. Um, you know, running with that analogy, if you found the lane that was good for you and it was clear, and you kind of continued on. Great. You know, that, that's, what, that's what we want you to be, not not slamming on the brakes or hitting the gas. We want you to be a, a steady growth. And that, that's how people build, in my mind, real portfolios. Right. You determine what's really needed for that client. You put them in a portfolio that is expected to, to get that or exceed that, but also takes on as little risk as possible. So when you have these moments where the market's falling, you're in a good spot. Right. Yeah. So again, we've talked about the market breadth, and we've talked about the distortion between a few stocks and the rest of the marketplace. If you'd like to know more about what analysis that we can do for you to help you balance out your portfolio so that it, it creates the required rate of return for you and your family sustainably for the long term, give us a call. Our phone number is 951-684-7011. Until next week, folks, may you grow in wisdom and knowledge. Thank you for listening.
Information and ideas discussed on this program are in the nature of general comment and cannot be relied upon as pertaining to your specific situation. Do not constitute legal or financial advice and do not create an attorney, client, or fiduciary relationship. Any examples or circumstances discussed are fictional. Listeners should consult their own financial advisor, tax consultant, or attorney, as well as conduct their own due diligence prior to making any decisions. Investments involve risk and the possibility of loss, including the loss of principal. All situations are different and results may vary. Randy Barkley is a California life insurance agent, California license number 0518567. And Jeremiah Lee is a California licensed attorney and is responsible for this communication. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisory firm. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. Hey, if you're retired or approaching retirement, listen up. Retirement planning is critical to your financial health. And like choosing the right doctor, your financial planner must be able to understand your concerns, help you navigate through your retirement, which can be filled with uncertainty, volatility. Certified financial planner Randy Barkley has been assisting clients for 30 years by helping them understand all the information that to most of us can be overwhelming. Go to retirementunlimited.org or call Randy Barkley for a no-obligation appointment at 888-627-8371. That's 888-627-8371, retirementunlimited.org. Advisory services offered through Tricord Advisors Incorporated, a registered investment advisor, clearing through TD Ameritrade, member FINRA, SIPC, MSRB.